Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, everyone. Happy New Year and welcome to the show. A special shout out to Yoshiko and to all of my friends throughout the world. Richard Roberts, who I love in Brazil. Young Young Cho in South Korea. Benjamin in Kazakhstan. And my good friend Cheryl Harris, who is right at the U.S. State Department. And uh, you, you have no idea, I've worked with them, gone around the world, talking about uh, disability and quality of life. And that's why I always say they are responsible for making changes. And I also want to say that, oh, I cannot begin to tell you how thankful I am to have 17 countries from Australia to China with listeners for this show. I appreciate it so much as I appreciate all of my listeners in the United States. I mean, it's because of you that this show is successful. So thank you so very much. And to our sponsor, Highmark. And I think we have a caller on the line. Tacey, are you on? Hi, Tacey, how are you? Fine, thank you. I I just wanted to say you have done the most amazing work for the disabled workforce, starting with the U.S. and then with the State Department around the world. And um, I wanted to wish you a happy 20th anniversary as my longest-running host. I'm so proud of you, Joyce. Well, I am so proud that I have worked with you from the beginning because not only are you fabulous executive producer at Voice America for me, but also dedicated to the work that I do and the disability community. Tacey, I love you so much. Tacey Trump, she's a rock star. Thank you for calling in with that uh, well wishing. You're right. This is the 20th anniversary of my radio show, and I'm proud to be with Voice America. Thank you, Tacey. Thank thank you so much, Joyce, and I love you very much. And um, I'm glad that David is on the show today because Hi Mark has been a wonderful supporter, and they do amazing things, too. So happy New Year and happy anniversary, Joyce. Thank you, Tacey. Uh, You're very welcome. Thank you so much for calling in. It is hard for me to believe that it is the 20th anniversary of Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Uh, but it is, and and I'm so proud of that. And before we start, um, I just really was devastated with this game the other night uh, with the Buffalo Bills. And I just wanted to send out from Voice America and from me and this radio show, well wishes uh, to a speedy recovery, uh, which I hope happens for DeMar Hamill. Uh, you know, we're all praying for you. And wow. Was I imp- yes. And I was so impressed by the football 
players and how wonderful they were. Just unbelievable. Um, and speaking of Highmark, uh, David, isn't that your stadium? Well, hello, Joyce. I mean, uh, uh, we have a deep relationship with the Bills, uh, Highmark Stadium in Buffalo. Uh, The game was obviously played in Cincinnati last night, um, but it was uh, a shocking turn of events that we, you know, that we all saw. And to your point, Joyce, we saw some of the, um, you know, the best of humanity come out as well. Not only the players, but the Cincinnati fans and how they stood in silence for over an hour and showed great respect. Uh, but everybody you know, across the world uh, who uh, had a chance to watch that game was deeply impacted. And I know, um, you know, the foundation that, uh, um, you know, was formed a couple of years ago, actually, um, you know, to raise money for children for toys in underprivileged areas uh, has received over $4 million um, overnight, you know, in donations you know, just to uh, show respect uh, and, you know, to show, um, you know, support for, you know, for the situation. And uh, it's a very unfortunate. You know, I mean, uh, we have a young man who happens to be from Pittsburgh uh, who's, you know, worked his way up uh, and is playing at the top of his game. And for, for that to happen last night was tragic. Uh, but we all have our prayers and thoughts with uh, both his family, himself, uh, and everybody who's taking care of him. Yes, to everyone around the world, it was devastating. But I have to say, uh, you know, he is a Pittsburgher. He grew up in the Keys Rocks. He went to Central Catholic and then the University of Pittsburgh. And it has so impacted uh, the minister uh, for his family, friends, pet, Central Catholic. uh, And he is really a good person. So, as I said, we wish you the best recovery um, possible. Well, David, it is exciting to me to kick off the 20th anniversary of Disability Matters with Joyce Bender with you. And I cannot think of anyone that I would rather start the year off them with you. Um, And before we start the show, I just have a couple stories about David. And, you know, David Yes, CEO, but certainly not uh, arrogant or pretentious. I mean, you would not believe it when you meet him. He's so modest. So that's why I'm telling this on the air, because if I would be with him in person, he would be telling me, okay, yeah, in so many words, stop. So here we go. David Holmberg, CEO of Highmark headquartered in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, But as you'll hear in a minute, you know, working in other states, um, is the only CEO in anywhere in the world that, you know, I have a holiday breakfast with the CEO of Highmark since, guess when, 1995. And when you go meet with any CEO, you're thinking, Thank you for your support. I hope everything, you know, really continues and that everything has gone well. And like, he's barely seated at the table. And he says to me, you know, Joyce, I don't see enough wheelchairs. I'm not seeing enough people with service dogs uh, or people signing. I mean, is everything going okay? Like, are we doing a good job? 
and I was speechless. I thought, oh my gosh, I wish I had a tape that I could show, you know, at some huge business conference to hear someone at David's level make that statement. Oh, but that's not all. Then the following year, the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and actually I have to read this to David because Tony Quello was traveling but wanted me to read this. David, as you know, I am the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act and a person living with epilepsy. I worked very hard to get this bill passed so that people with disabilities would gain freedom with employment. I want to thank you for what you have done to honor the Americans with Disabilities Act and continue to employ people at Highmark, signed Tony Quello. And that's what I'm getting about the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act. Here we go. David says, you know what? I want to hire 30 people from you to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the ADA. Oh, my God. I mean, this is known everywhere. Uh, And then the next year, 31. The next year, 32. And now we're on 33. But I have something to tell you. We've passed those numbers. Even though that is our goal, we have passed those numbers. And it is not me calling Highmark. Please, please, will you hire people? It is Highmark executives calling me and saying how much they believe in this. So as you can see, he is absolutely a magnificent leader for the disability community. Uh, David, I'm so proud to say you're my friend uh, and having you with us today. But Our listeners around the world that do not know you, I want them to know you, and I want them to know your story. So would you mind sharing how you got to this role uh, of Highmark? You know, a little bit about your background and going on to college and where you grew up so that everyone can know you. Well, thank you very much, Joyce. And you know, you, you covered a lot of ground there, so I'm going to try to cover a lot of ground in uh, in, a, in a fast response. First of all, I, I appreciate the opportunity to um, you know to be on the show and to show support for um, the community of people who have differences. You know, we saw last night in the game um, how quickly Demar Hamlin's um, you know situation changed, and you saw literally you know millions of people saying. You know uh, what can we do, and and how can you know how can we help? And for some that meant uh, praying, for some that meant showing support financially for his charity. Um, there was a variety of different uh, emotions, and when you think about um, the disability community, you know there's folks out there who um, you know who watch the news or or hear about a challenge in hiring or whatever it might be. And they say, gee, you know, somebody's got to do something. I mean, uh, why doesn't somebody do something? And, you know, for me, uh, being the CEO of Highmark, uh, a Blue Cross Blue Shield plan, you know, with uh, insurers, provides health care insurance for over 6 million people. Um, you know, we're a global company, you know, one that uh, uh, provides services in, in a number of countries around the world as well as here in the United States. And, you know, when you're in a role like this, 
Um, you know, when you hear people say somebody ought to do something, you know, about a situation, um, you know, I'm in a unique position, you know, as CEO where we can. And, you know, I, I'm a real believer in the concepts that you teach of, of hand up, uh, not hand out, uh, no pity, uh, but t- teaching people how to be successful and, you know, and creating the bridge to um, other opportunities you know, uh, that organizations can provide for people with disabilities. And frankly, uh, for me, Joyce, it goes back to, you know, I didn't come uh, with a silver spoon in my mouth. Uh, My father worked in a factory. My mother was a nurse. We lived paycheck to paycheck. Uh, I understood uh, the the value of hard work. I understood the value of taking um, opportunities that were presented to me. And I've been blessed by the fact that throughout my career, uh, different people have taken an interest in me and, and helped me be successful uh, by mentoring me or coaching me or giving me a hand up at the right moment. And so as CEO of Heimark, you know, a $24 billion company, uh, you can get very isolated and you can, you know, be in your corner and act like a CEO and, and um, have people come to you. Or you can be out in the community, you can engage, you can lead by example, uh, and you can make a difference. And, you know, I choose uh, the unconventional route. I choose to be out there uh, making a difference. And, you know, and I understand the enormous responsibility and accountability that we have as a company uh, to help those who might need a hand up. And, you know, I was actually talking about you this morning, Joyce, with a, a parent uh, of, uh, of, a, of a, a young adult who is autistic and is looking to enter the workforce. And we were talking about what it takes to make that transition and, you know, the kinds of support that are available and why your organization has been so important over the last 20 years in making the difference for, you know, for people who, uh, again, need that maybe help coaching or introduction. And, you know, I think, you know, your organization is the great convener you know, you match up um, people who have needs and who want to work um, but may not necessarily know how to break through, um, you know, the, the, the glass ceiling or break through the wall uh, to how to get uh, into a role that's sustainable. And, you know, what your organization has done for Highmark is make it easy for us to say yes. You know, for us to do 30 pe- uh, uh, people in, in, um, you know, for the anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, or to do the number that we're doing now each year, um, there's an art to it. And we're more than glad to share that uh, art, you know, that you have uh, taught us. And, you know, we are very proud of the fact that we are an organization that leads by example and can be an example to others that, yes, it takes work to do this, um, but, you know, in an environment where uh, people around the country are scrambling for help, uh, and looking for people who are uh, committed, uh, you know, there's a ready resource in the terms of the disability community, and sometimes it's just a matter of making the introduction and showing uh, different groups how they can work together. So, so that's my spiel, Joyce. You know, I mean, I'm grateful for the opportunity uh, that Highmark presents me, um, but I'm very grateful for the relationship that we've built uh, because we are making a difference and we're making an impact in people's lives. You are, because when 
people would, I, I have one person that you know because he spoke at an event you were at, and that's Joseph Pavin, that is so smart and so good, but had to move here from Ohio because when he went on an interview because of speech difficulty, he would not be hired. Uh, and I couldn't believe it because he had such a good resume. Well, anyway, Highmark hired him. Here he is at Highmark, ended up going to Toastmasters and spoke at an event David was at. And when he went home, after he had worked for like six months or so to see his parents, they said, Joseph, we don't even recognize you because he was so confident. Work gives you dignity. Work gives you respect. And that's an example. And, and you know, David, I was thinking about this the other day. I remember in the early 80s being in downtown Pittsburgh and seeing the small building, I think it was off from Grant, this small building that said Blue Cross of Western Pennsylvania. I can see it in my mind right now. Wow. From that to Fifth Avenue Place uh, and Penn and all around everywhere, it's absolutely amazing. But, you know, when I talk to people, I'm not sure they realize how big Highmark is. Uh, and, and you are. And I was wondering if you could talk about that. Uh, I know Highmark is one of the largest health insurers in the United States. But could you share with our listeners more about Highmark, the size, locations, lines of business, so that everyone, all of you, United States and around the world realize how large this company is. David. Well, thank you, thank you, Joyce. I mean, you know, Highmark's a very unique company in that um, it started as a, um, a health insurer, and you know, and that's our primary mission. Uh, but along the way, you know, we also stood up a, a hospital system uh, that now has 14 hospitals and um, you know employs literally 20,000 or more people. And you know, sees hundreds of thousands of people every month uh, in terms of uh, providing healthcare and and uh, um, you know uh, services that are needed. And so, but we also uh, you know have an organization called United Concordia Dental, which is uh, one of the largest dental insurers in in the country. And our our primary uh, claim to fame there is uh, we insure the uh, Department of Defense for the United States, so that all the dental needs. Uh, for the active duty military, et cetera. And so, you know, we've got a variety of organizations, and, you know, they're in all 50 states. And then, um, as I said, you know, operate around the world. You know, and what we've done uh, successfully is figure out a way how a not-for-profit organization can do good business, um, you know, deliver services and, and you know, and make them affordable for, for people and do good works in the community. And so that's probably our primary advantage over a for-profit organization is, you know, our, our uh, profits go back into uh, the work we do in the community. Uh, for example, in Buffalo, you know, where, you know, they've been hard hit by a series of challenges, uh, including the weather. Um, you know, and for those of you who are not from the United States, you know, Buffalo has received more snow this year than uh, in two months than uh, what, what they probably would receive in a normal year. Uh, on a on a bad winter, and so you know getting into the community, supporting uh, various organizations that are 
uh, have got boots on the ground and that are actually helping individuals. Um, that's a big part of our mission, and, and we do that uh, in terms of our core healthcare mission, but also in terms of the social determinants of health and how do we make communities healthier, uh, keep people out of the hospital, and find ways to uh, encourage education and jobs uh, and healthy living. And so, uh, so we're very excited about that. I mean, uh, you know, as an organization, you know, we uh, pride ourselves on the fact that, you know, we, again, provide high-quality services to uh, the people that choose us, uh, but that we also stand tall, particularly in times of need like the pandemic where uh, we led the vaccination efforts and we t- took care of, um, you know, tens of thousands of people uh, when, at, at one of their darkest hours. Yeah. Yes, you did. And, David, I have to tell you, I did not realize you were in every state. Wow. This company has really taken off. And what are you doing globally? What, what are you doing there? Uh, on a global basis, we provide health care. Uh, you know, we do the back office for a number of uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, plans uh, that are um, in different countries. Um, and, you know, we provide services and capabilities there, you know, to be able to, you know, help them uh, provide health care in, in their own markets. And then, um, you know, in some cases, we provide uh, health care services for expats around the world. Wow, that is great. Um, David, how many employees does Highmark have? Well, uh, on this, this morning, I think it's about 39,452, uh, but that's just a guess. So, <laughs> you know. I see you know that precisely. Um, well, I mean, again, I just want everyone to know, 40,000 employees. Wow. I mean, truly. It's a small city, you, Joyce. You have, yeah, right. You have grown so much, though. It is amazing. Uh, So, David, even though Highmark is awesome, uh, and I have talked to the national media about Highmark, uh, because I am hoping later in the year as we celebrate Disability Pride Month, you know why I want to uh, get Highmark on national news? So other companies will have a wake-up call. You know what I mean? Because it's one thing hearing it from me. It's another thing hearing it, you know, from a CEO. Uh, And even today, 70% of people with disabilities are still not counted in the workforce with double the unemployment rate. How can that be possible when, you know, we are going to the 33rd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act? The largest minority group has the highest unemployment. And yet... Hi, Mark. You know, stands up, stands tall, like a beacon of light when it comes to employing people with disabilities. And as you know, uh, we celebrated the 30th anniversary of the ADA and kept on moving from there. But you personally, not not even just the leaders there, you personally, why are you so committed to employing people with disabilities? Well, Joyce, I mean, uh, uh, you know, I consider myself very fortunate. And, you know, again, I was given opportunities along the way uh, that, um, you know, made a difference in in the trajectory of my life. And I think it's really important to give back. Um, You know, we all want to be successful. 
everybody wants to have purpose, you know, and be uh, uh, self-reliant. And, you know, whenever you can give back to other people, it's incredibly fulfilling. And I guess what I saw when I came to Highmark was a legacy of, of doing the right things, uh, helping the, you know, the uh, disability community and finding ways to be a good role model. And I think that's important. You know, so again, the way I think about it is, you know, is uh, we don't want to stand on a soapbox and tell everybody what they should do. What we want to do is stand on a soapbox and showcase uh, the work that we've been doing and show people, you know, the people who, uh, who are sitting in ex- um, executive offices around the country or around the world and who are saying, gee, somebody should do something about this. What we want to show is um, that there's a simple way to do it. Uh, there's a methodology that works and that, yes, it requires effort, uh, but it's not that hard. You know, and so, you know, reduce the amount of friction it takes to get organizations moving from, yeah, that's a good idea, to, yeah, let's actually take action. And I think that's, again, where your organization comes in, where an organization like Highmark can be a good role model. We want to prove that, um, that the folks who you talked about, that 70%, uh, are high-quality talent who can have an impact on an organization who can help the organization be successful and achieve its goals and do good. You know, it's not either or. This isn't a charity program. This isn't something, you know, the 30-some people that we, uh, that we hired, um, you know, last year and the year before, um, you know, they're all standing tall. They're successful. They're doing what needs to be done uh, to be strong contributors in our organization. Uh, this isn't, you know, we're going to carry them. Uh, it does take sometimes a little bit more time to get people up to speed and get them trained. But once you do that, um, look out. Uh, they're incredibly loyal and they're incredibly, um, you know, productive. Yes. Highest retention of any group. Uh, I mean, there are people I placed at Highmark, ready for this, 26 years ago, still there. So they're in IT, in a very marketable area, and uh, people with significant disabilities. So, you know, it, as you said, it's a business opportunity, investment, not pity, no pity. Um, but David, what, what would you suggest to CEOs, for example, listening to the show, if their leadership team is apprehensive or fearful about hiring people with disabilities, do you have any suggestion for them? Yeah, I mean, I would say a couple of things. First of all, um, talk to us. I mean, you know, we can help you, um, you know, set up a program and and do it successfully. You know, we can help uh, with some of those early stage, you know, challenges that you're trying to figure out. And we can also provide you with facts, which, you know, will justify uh, why you should do something. And, again, I think that's, um, that's the key is this isn't something uh, that uh, is unproven. I mean, there are people out there, not just Highmark, but there are other organizations out there and groups that are getting it right. And there's a learning curve, and we can help you with that learning curve. So, you know, so call us, and, and we'll, you know, we'll be glad to help. I think the second thing is, uh, you have to have a champion uh, among your leadership team. You have to have somebody who believes and someone who 
um, you know, thinks that this is an important priority, but understands it's not a project. You know, they have to understand that it's something that can be done in the co- uh, context of, you know, the overall organization's uh, priorities and objectives and success measures. And so if you do those two things, uh, you can work through it. And, and again, I would just say, you know, some of those folks that you talked about, Joyce, have been around for 20 years. Um, you know, what needed, uh, there needed to be a learning curve among their, their, their managers mm-hmm. and among themselves on what are the issues that they might face that are different than somebody else, transportation or whatever, uh, um, you know, it might be. And as long as you're willing to be flexible and willing to address, you know, the unique needs, you know, you can, uh, you know, you can make this a very uh, uh, successful program. Yeah, I, you know, I can't stress enough one thing. People with disabilities, it isn't that, wow, they're a superhero. They have this superhero trait that they stay so long. No, it's that they were left out. And when you're left out and you get a chance to work, it's like a treasure. It is a treasure that you're not going to give up. I always tell people when I speak at companies, you have no idea how fortunate you are just to go to work every day. You know, people forget about that. But just to have a job is a treasure. And I think we have a caller on the line. Hi, Perry. Hi. uh, Yes, uh, this is Perry Jude from Disability Rights Pennsylvania. Uh, Joyce, I was just wanted to call in and and thank uh, David for his leadership and and David, what you've done is you've made a commitment to you and created incredible employment opportunities for people with disabilities. And we do diversity, equity, and inclusion all of the time in our community. And really what you've done is true inclusivity of people with disabilities in the workplace at Highmark. And we're just so proud of the work that you've done as a leader in inclusivity and uh, that you are a Pittsburgh-based company that always uh, is important to us in Pennsylvania. So really, thank you for all you've done. Well, thank you very much. It's kind of you to say, I, I, I again will emphasize that there's been a long legacy of people before me who um, believed and uh, and uh, understood the importance of this. And, you know, there's folks here today, Deb Rice Johnson and others who work in our organization uh, who are consistent uh, champions for, um, you know, uh, the disability community and, and understand. And, and frankly, um, as a CEO, one of the things I, I recognize is that um, if your workforce emulates the customers you serve, you will be better at serving them. And, you know, so inclusion, uh, it becomes an important part of our strategy on how to grow our business and, and make sure that we're serving everybody equally and not leaving anybody out. Hey, thank you well, so well, much thank you. for calling. It makes a difference. And thank you for calling Thanks, in. Joyce. Yeah, I'll talk to you again, resuming your role as news anchor next week. Absolutely. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, Perry is the CEO for the entire state of Pennsylvania, uh, Disability Rights PA, over all protection and advocacy and inclusion uh, with attorneys working there that fight the fight. Uh, so I really appreciate her calling in. And here we go, a message from Ted Kennedy Jr. saying, David, 
the next time I come and visit you, when I come to Highmark, I will be saying what I know Joyce has told you, but you truly are known nationally for the work you are doing. Oh, and that's so true. That's so true. Sometimes I know I tell this to people at Highmark, and they may think, what? Well, here, let's start here. If it weren't for Highmark, that's how I got started with Bill Lowry in 1995. But then Bill, when he retired, I started working with John Browse. And then he retired, and Ken Milani carried the flag. And then he retired, and then Bill Winkenmurder. And now I am with David, who is just doing so much, so much to support me and support people with disabilities. But I ask you, do you know a company that from 1995 to 2023, where every CEO has supported Bender and this initiative? I bet not. So that's what I mean um, about Highmark. And you know, David, your ELT, your executive leadership team, is unbelievable. This isn't just David. I mean, this is across the board that all this leadership is so incredibly supportive of what we do. Um, it, it really is unbelievable. So my question to you is, why do you think that is? Well, Joyce, I think they care. Um, I think there's, there's no question that they care. They understand that uh, there's a higher calling that there are, you know, that, you know, we all want to be successful and that we all want to achieve our personal objectives. Um, but that as a member of society, you know, when you have an opportunity to make a difference and have an, have an impact, um, you know, you don't squander that. And I think our team uh, is very cohesive. Uh, they're, uh, they've fought a lot of battles together, um, literally, and physiological standpoint or whatever. But what's happened is, you know, they've worked together for so long and they understand that we can make a difference and, and get things done. And so, you know, when the decision was made to, you know, to go after uh, hiring at least 30 uh, people uh, in a year uh, from the disability community, you know, they all uh, embraced it and they came together and they knew how to get it done and work together. And, and if a person wasn't uh, the right um, skill set for one area of the organization, they didn't just stop and let it go. You know, they helped find uh, somebody in the rest of the organization who might have a need. And so uh, that's the difference. I mean, they truly care. They've uh, been there, done that, and they know that uh, when they uh, give back to the community and when they have an impact, uh, that it serves two purposes. One is, is it helps somebody who maybe needed that hand up uh, or that facilitation, and the second is it gives them great personal satisfaction to know that they made a difference and, uh, and gratitude matters, Joyce. It does. And I'm meaning across the board, folks. I'm meaning in this executive leadership team from Karen Hanlon, very powerful businesswoman and in a very powerful position at Highmark to McMalik, the president of the whole IT area, who's hired tons of people to Sarab Tripathi, the, the uh, CFO, came up to me at the African-American Chamber of Commerce and said, just so you know, I'm in. I'm in next year to hire 10 people. I believe in what you're doing. 
to Deb Rice, who is absolutely phenomenal, to Cindy Donahoe, who said, I want to be on board, to Dan Honorado, who has supported this radio show as you are the lead sponsor for years. Alan Duffield, Highmark Whole Care. <laughs> a whole, bu- whole bunch <laughs> of terrific sorry. people. Whoever, but, I, whoever uh, I forgot, don't be mad at me. Cindy Hunterfeen, Allegheny Health Network, and now Jim Benedict at Allegheny Health Network. But please, if I forgot you, Carolyn, over legal. I mean, all these people call me and want to hire people. Um, so, David, you have to cover for me. If I forgot someone, I think I'm going to blame you. That way I won't be That's in trouble. That's okay. I, mis- I mispronounced my words today, so, so you know, you're, you're more than covered by me. You know, okay. Joyce, again, it goes back to its culture. It's, it's a, a history uh, as an organization of being involved and being in the community. And, um, and again, you know, this is, a, this is a group of people who understand that success means more than, you know, what's going on in your uh, checkbook. You know, that's an important part of it for people, but, you know, they understand that, that uh, having an impact uh, on the community and, and uh, creating a sustainable program like this is real value, and it's value that uh, can change lives. Uh, we've talked about it before, but one of the folks who works for us, uh, his son just graduated from college recently and, and thanked me for, you know, for, um, you know, giving uh, him a normal household to grow up in where his parent, both his parents worked, where there was no pity, and they were expected to study hard, work hard, and, uh, and live their best life. And when you see uh, things like that happen, when you meet people who uh, maybe, you know, uh, were affected by the downstream opportunities you've given folks, uh, it's huge. And you know that every day. You see it every day. And those of you around the world who have had the opportunity to step in and make a difference for somebody, uh, it, it's uh, so gratifying. And so for us, uh, when, you know, when you have somebody like you know, the college kid uh, say, come up and say thank you for something you didn't know you did, uh, you go, gee, you know, we were just taking care of normal business, and, and look what happened. And, and that's, that's really the concept of how people actually start to change the world. And you know, State Department. Okay, one person I have to, oh my God, if I didn't mention him, Larry Kleinman, he's done more than anyone helping me hit these goals. Now, here's Larry Kleinman. This is an example of what I mean. He's over Chief Human Capital Officer, Executive Vice President. We have calls, you know, with the HR team, Veronica Villa-Lobos and Vernon, you know, this group of people in HR. Larry comes to these calls. Hi, Joyce. I just want to see how everyone, how everything's going. Are we on track? And when he found out we had hit the goal early, oh, my God, he was so excited. But see, if you're listening, if you're in the news media, do you hear how unusual that is? That is what I mean. And David, you had him partner with me really when COVID was just starting and we still hit the goal. So um, your leadership is phenomenal. And speaking of COVID, COVID, you know, I think we thought it would be gone. It's not gone. But this season, the tridemic, COVID, influenza, and RSV, 
how the heck are your hospitals being impacted? Because I know this includes children, a lot of children. So how are you handling that? Well, Joyce, I mean, you said it, um, you know, two years of pandemic and obviously the focus on um, uh, the pandemic and COVID really um, led to a lot of what I would call um, counter trends or, or post-crisis uh, trends. You know, because people were so isolated for a period of time, some of these uh, viral uh, things like the flu, influenza, um, you know, were, were subdued. I mean, there wasn't as many cases uh, people were much more cognizant of being in uh, uh, large group settings and wearing masks, and so there was less transmission. And now we're seeing uh, big upticks in it as people have gotten back to their lives, and you know, and it's a little bit of catch-up going on. So then you have RSV, or RSV which is is uh, affecting children, and then you have uh, the pandemic, which has become a uh, everyday uh, background item, and so. So, you know, all three of those are happening at once, and, you know, we're seeing a big uptick in China now, and so that's going to have an impact globally. Um, our folks are, are weathering the storm, uh, as, as you would expect. You know, we've figured out new and innovative treatments for those uh, who have COVID. You know, we're taking care of a lot of folks, uh, particularly in the last few weeks, uh, who have had either some combination of influenza uh, or COVID or RSV. And so consequently, um, it continues to be all hands on deck. And, you know, our nurses, our clinicians, our doctors are doing extraordinary work, and we're incredibly proud uh, to be supported, uh, supporting them. Um, but, you know, I would just encourage your listeners, I would encourage, um, you know, your families to um, consider getting the vaccination, you know, the latest version for uh, covid you know, I mean, only one in seven Americans have been uh, have received the latest booster, uh, oh. and then again, you know, that booster isn't going to necessarily keep you from getting COVID. What it's going to do is hopefully keep you from being really, really sick and hospitalized. So, you know, that's something to consider, and and we should learn from um, you know, at least in my travels in Asia, particularly, um, you know, we should learn that you know that masks are uh, can be a very useful thing when you're traveling on subways, when uh, it's flu season. Uh, they can be very helpful if you're in a lar- if you're in a big crowd, uh, in helping you either avoid uh, catching something that uh, another person might have, or or giving you know the flu to to someone else. And so, uh, so again, you know, be smart, be responsible, live your life, get out there and do the things you want to do. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to do a couple of things that are preventive uh, that will help you maybe weather the storm. Yes. I'm an example. I, who knows what would have happened if I had influenza and COVID. I mean, I was so on it to get all these booster shots. I'm telling you, if you're listening and you haven't done it, COVID is still there. It's a virus that keeps mutating, and people are still losing their life. You've got to get those shots. I remember, David, when you and Lauren Lauren Hobart at Dix, you know, when you had that huge uh, uh, project giving vaccines. As a matter of fact, speaking about not sitting in your office, David was there. But I still remember that, and you've got to get it. 
you've got to get this vaccine. You know, it, when you have all of these things hitting us at one time, and then as David said, seeing this uptick in China, you know, David, I was watching the um, New Year's Eve when the ball dropped. <laughs> And I thought, oh, my God, these people aren't wearing masks and they're all smashed together. This could be a major spreader. So I just want to say, if you're like that with tons of people, maybe a good idea to wear a mask. Um, So, David, this next thing was hard for me to talk about for a long time. And that is me losing Mary, Mary Brocker. And over a year ago, Mary died in a tragic hiking accident. Um, And I will miss her forever. But wow, I mean, it it really hit me hard. It really hit me hard. And when it happened, Mary, for 40 years, lived with depression. And her big thing was helping young people, high school and junior high school, living with some type of mental health issue. This was a personal cause to her so when this happened i thought oh my god you know what am i i want to keep i want to honor mary and that's when i came up with the mary brocker mental health initiative that deals with bullying preparing people for for work and mental health disabilities um and and i just want to thank you hi mark gave a one hundred thousand dollar donation uh and i i can still remember calling david and karen i couldn't stop crying i was so overwhelmed about that and also the chill project everyone there is trying to help us and work with this um so david i just want to thank you well joyce thank thank you very much i mean um you know mary was a wonderful human being and she made a difference in, in hundreds and you know thousands of people's lives uh, through your organization and the work she was doing there. And um, you know we all need to live our lives. And and unfortunately, um, it was a tragic accident that took her from us. But you know, and I know that was very impactful for you. Uh, but to your point, you know, her legacy in this um, this program. Uh, can continue to impact people well after she's gone. And whether it's the Chill Project, which we're doing with the Pittsburgh Pirates Baseball Club, uh, or in, in the various schools around, um, you know, the, the, the regions that we serve, uh, or, you know, the work that you're doing through the foundation, you know, it, it matters right now. I mean, you know, we're seeing a, an, an enormous uptick in anxiety, depression, um, behavioral health issues, and unfortunately, you know, I mean, we've all seen the heartbreaking headlines, you know, the, uh, in the news where, you know, some of these uh, situations just get spiral out of hand, and uh, there's you know large losses of life and and just horrendous events that happen, and you know, the best thing we can do is to be engaged, uh, to talk about it. Um, you know, it's okay to not. Be okay is uh, you know what uh, uh, you know a, uh, one group uh, uses as their is their phrase, and you know and it's okay to talk about it, and you know I think that's uh, a real opportunity, you know that um, you know that hasn't been explored, 
you know, but the more uh, people talk about it, the more they have an opportunity to get uh, help, and maybe that help is a friend, maybe that help is somebody who, um, you know, has to go much deeper than that. Uh, but it's just critical, and you know the the impact of the pandemic is going to be long, with us for a generation or more. And part of the uh, the impact has been around uh, mental health, and you know how people are dealing with things. So, uh, so I, I think it's great. Uh, we miss Mary, uh, but Mary may be able to save a lot more lives and have an impact on a lot more people than she ever imagined uh, through this program. Yes, I believe that. And you know, um, that show project David's talking about, they go into schools uh, because I went and visited one. They go into schools and one student from, I think it was Baldwin, actually testified before Congress. Uh, but what they do is they have an area for counseling, but they also have an area just go relax, you know, if you're having an issue. Uh, Go talk to someone. See, that's the key. The key is what David said. Talk to someone. Uh, but I think that is absolutely um, the greatest story. And as a result of Highmark and the Mary Brocker uh, Mental Health Initiative, we were able to start a program called Not Ashamed, and why we started this, it's amazing because it's what David is talking about, is that young students, and I'm meaning students 10 years old, who know, wait a minute, something's not right. I don't feel right. Do not tell their parents. Do not want to tell anyone. And the reason they don't is because of feeling such great shame. So we started an initiative called Not Ashamed at the Bender Leadership Academy. And we have had country stars, uh, people like Valerie Jarrett, Brett Huntley from uh, The Ravens, do videos saying, hey, I'm an NFL star. I support young students with disabilities, not ashamed. Oh, we'll have to get you next, David, now that I think about it. But uh, you won't believe the celebrities and then, of course, all the high school students with disabilities that, you know, are are on there. Our whole idea is these little short videos that you do by your phone or wherever that, you know, that will take off and we will be able to say, hey, you don't need to be ashamed. Uh, so thank you again, David. So, David, every, you know, you are you are such a great person so someone had to influence you who is your role model oh my gosh i mean uh, joyce i mean i there have been several um, you know people who were uh, very influential in in my life that uh, it was it was it's been different people at different times my father-in-law uh, my parents i mean uh, you know i didn't grow up in a perfect environment uh, but you know we were taught right and wrong um you know, and, and there was, you know, there were boundaries <laughs> that we knew not to cross. And so I learned a lot, um, you know, and just in how I grew up. But, you know, throughout my career and throughout my life, there have been different people that have taken an interest to me um, and who have helped me along the way. And so, you know, I can't say it's one person. I mean, I think it's, uh, uh, and it's, it's not been, you know, movie stars and it's not been, um, you know, sports figures. It's been people, you know, who are just everyday people who you meet 
and you see them make an extraordinary difference. You know, as it relates to uh, giving back, there was a gentleman in North Carolina, and I can't remember his name, uh, but who had an after-school program that worked with 100 kids and uh, some of the most horrific situations you would ever imagine. But he took those kids every day after school and, he, and uh, on the weekends whenever they would come, and he taught them, um, you know, uh, hope and resiliency and, you know, and help them, you know, uh, learn. And I've always admired him because, um, you know, when I asked him, you know, how, what do you do about the ones you can't uh, get to and, and help, and he looked at me and he said, I'm going to save 100 people this year. I'm going to save 100 kids. And, you know, and I'm just counting on you or somebody else like you, you know, to get to the 101st kid. And so I've always um, been respectful of the work he did and uh, been motivated by it because uh, he wasn't working, again, in a fancy office. He was working out of the back of a, of a church and, you know, was, uh, you know, providing and making a difference for people that were going to have multiple positive impacts for generations. What a wonderful, wonderful story. So, David, do you have any last message for our listeners? Don't sit on the sidelines. You know, don't sit there and listen to the news and think, oh, my gosh, the world is falling apart. Uh, in some cases, it might be. Uh, but, you know, but somebody's got to do something. And, you know, and, you know, the people on this call uh, are somebody. You're important. You're the people who can have an impact. You might have a disability. Uh, you might um, know someone who does. You know, but, you know, rather than just sit on the sidelines, um, you know, Go make make a difference. You know, do something today that's that's a positive step, and try to be part of the solution. And realize that um, you know I, I'll never forget. You know, a, uh, I met a Medal of Honor winner uh, here in the United States. You know, who had done an extraordinary thing in battle, saving um, you know uh, multiple people. And you know, when he was asked, you know, um, you know, how did he? How, how could he be such a great hero? He looked at it, you know, all of us, and he said, you know, I'm an ordinary person who was in an extraordinary situation, and if, if I didn't do something, nobody was going to. You know, so I think um, my encouragement to everyone is, if you think this is hard, uh, yes, it is. Uh, if you think it can't be done, you're wrong. You know, if you want to make a difference, and whether it's 30 people a year or 10 people a year, um, just get in the game, do what you can, uh, learn from what other people are doing, and, and, you know, and do your best. Uh, but don't just sit on the sidelines watching the TV because that will make you crazy. Yep, that's true. Well, hey, thank you, David. We end every show with a quote. And because this is becoming so known as a David Holmberg quote, people with disabilities <laughs> need a hand up not a handout. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. See you next week. And in the words of Mary Brocker, remember, choose joy. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.